Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Michael Laidler, professional speaker and best-selling author. So thank you so much, Michael, for being in the show. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on here and be able to talk to you guys and kind of give you whatever information you guys are looking for to help you guys out. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. And actually, Michael here provided like in-person and virtual presentation to Fortune 200 and even 1,000, right? And um, he has also have his own business called um, Michael Laidler Unlimited, which has been up and running for over five years providing value. So can you tell or share to our audience like a little bit about your uh, background? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely a privilege to be able to share my background because I believe in the entrepreneurial world, the more you know about what others are doing, it allows you to be better at what you do. One of the things that I promote in some of my programs is mentorship and knowing that people have already done it, it allows you to be able to do it into the future. For me, speaking, at least professional speaking, probably really started in about 2016. And that's when I won, I became in a leadership role and I wanted to know how to speak better and communicate better with people. But then I joined a company or organization called Toastmasters. It's worldwide. If you type in toastmasters.org, you can find a, a conference or a meeting that's close to you. And mind you, I don't get paid by them. So this is just free advice. But when I got into that program, I realized how much I really enjoyed public speaking. And in 2017, I actually performed my business, as you mentioned earlier, June, uh, Michael Laidler Unlimited. And that was focused on leadership development. And as I grew the business, as I learned about business growing, because I did not come from a background of business owners, mm. I started to elevate myself to self-awareness, mental wellness. I started to change my, my, my message a little bit to kind of fine tune that because I realized a lot of people need help in that area. For me, where I'm at my business right now, obviously, I think we're always growing. If you talk to a Grant Cardone, who's a big real estate mongol, or the John Maxwell leadership coaches, they're all going to say they're growing. But I know I'm in a, a, a very good growth cycle right now. And my business that involves speaking has really taken it to the next level. It's a, lot of just, a lot of just working hard every day on it. Just working, grinding, and like acting on it. That's one of the topics that um, I want to like delve in further, like leadership, because buying every uh, good businesses is like good leadership. Okay. And um, to start with that, um, Michael, what's like the most important attribute on being a good leader? It's education, knowing what it takes to be a leader. I know there's so many different angles and different strategies you can use, but Educating yourself daily. I can tell you, entering a leadership role, as I mentioned earlier, a couple of years ago, well, almost 10 years ago now, I didn't know what I didn't know. And until I started educating myself through reading books, listening to podcasts like yours, watching YouTube videos, all those things, it really helped me learn what leadership is. And now, obviously, there's a factor of not just learning and education, but implementing, but really taking that time to grow yourself in that era because no matter what business you run, no matter what role you are on a team, you're, you're a leader. And people are always looking for you for some kind of help. And I know people are like, well, I'm not a leader. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yes, you do. 
If someone thought if one person follows you, you're a leader. If it's just one, you don't have to have a thousand. You don't have to have an IG account of a million followers to be a leader. All it takes is for one person to follow you and you're a leader. But what I've learned in my leadership growth is actually focusing on it, growing it, and not just allowing it to come to me, but actually taking the time and the effort to build my my knowledge on what leadership is. But I agree with that one. Be a perpetual learner. But aside from just learning it, it's very important to implement it, as you said. Correct. Like taking mm-hmm. um, action on what you've learned. Like what's the, the percentage um, between these two, like acting and, and learning? Is it like it should be like 50-50 or you should like act most of the time? And like just it's really person. Yeah, I mean, June, really, it's just where you're in your life. I mean, you may run a company and have 10 people under you, so you are implementing it every day. Or you could be an up-and-coming individual, so that's your time to educate yourself. I don't think there's an actual ratio as much as there is looking at your environment and your setting to determine what works for you. But you have to have an aspect of education because I've seen too many leaders just say, well, I'm going to learn all the time. And they learn the hard way or the wrong way. But it's definitely something just based on your circumstance. Like I, if you're, like I said, if you don't have a team around you right now, well, you should be educating yourself because if you're going to be, if you're going to scale your business to the next level at any point, you're going to have to lead people. You're going to have an accountant. You're going to have a secretary. You're going to have a videographer. You're going to have a person that just edits music for you. Whatever that might be, you're going to have sales. But that all requires you to be a leader. So if you're not an official one by title, you can definitely jump into it and start educating yourself now. Because once you're there, you're there. And that experience is going to come no matter what. But there's no actual ratio. I think it's just getting out there and looking at each situation a person's in and seeing what they have time for. But no matter how much, how many people you lead, you got to educate yourself daily. It, 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 even if it's at least one to two hours a day. Totally agree. hundred percent. And there's really, a, and when you said that you are a leader, there's really like a pressure on it. Right. So is that really, really necessary to be on top of all things? Uh, if, if you are a leader, like how do you keep up with that pressure on your shoulder? When it comes to leadership, yeah, I would say I'm like, for example, I'm a father. So obviously as a father, I'm the leader naturally. And I know it's a 24-hour job, so to speak, on developing your leadership and building yourself up. I think the pressure's always on. I think there's always something you have to keep in the back of your mind of, am I serving my people right? Am I growing myself to a level that I can help improve them? I don't think leadership ever turns off especially as you just as you as you grow in any area because you're going to eventually have a team or you're going to have clients you're going to have customers you're going to have somebody that you want to impact and when you have that on your shoulders you just got to understand how to relate and how to grow and how to build yourself in just that area it's always on it's always on and i know like there's really a pressure like as you said and it's always on if you are like leader Actually, a lot of people are leader. Like what you said, even mm-hmm. if you're just leading um, one person, probably just leading right. yourself, you can still mm-hmm. be considered a leader. But um, we're not always like motivated. That's like the difficult part. We're not always like enthusiastic. We're not always like positive. Like um, what I'm trying to say is that we're not always in in the mood 
right on on like leading people like just doing things because um what people sees is that um the trajectory of growth is like upward but you know sometimes it, it somehow plummets and goes down then goes back up but what do you do in this like situation when you feel like you're not feeling like you're doing it you feel like you feel like you're feeling blue or you're, you're unmotivated how did you how do you deal with that feeling because sometimes it, for me it comes around like you do like a lot of stuff last week and then two weeks then after like how many days you feel this like the plummet of your energy like you're unmotivated you don't want to do anything so how do you deal with that part well for me for example i'm an introvert by nature so i mean first and foremost i like naps <laughs> so whenever i can do a nap um 30 minute 20 minute 30 minute nap that helps out but realistically you have to periodically take breaks away from like leadership and when i say that i don't mean you you take off a week and you don't see people but go take a walk around the neighborhood or people talk about uh, the art of like mindfulness so like for example in my book i talk about the six second method that's something that will allow you to focus on your all your energy for a short period of time just on breathing and when you do that it actually allows you to slow everything down and all that stuff that you felt burnt out about all the stuff you were stressed out about it pauses for at least that time and your gives your brain a time to catch up to itself. I can tell you in leadership roles, sometimes you know you're, you don't want to walk into a circumstance or a certain situation and you're tired, but that's part of being a leader. You're going to be stepping out of your comfort zone on a consistent basis as a leader. And that's one of the things that you, I don't, you can't really get around, but you can minimize how stressful it is by breathing, paying attention, taking breaks when you can. But I think when it comes to actual that stress of leadership on, on how, how tough it's going to be, I don't think there's any way around that all the way because it's going to happen no matter what. That's the reality. So people just mm -hmm. somehow people think, well, I'm not, I'm not a good leader because sometimes I feel this way. And they think that leaders always feel like motivated, like all of the time, like most of the time. But being a leader as what you've said is just overcoming this like um immersing yourself um mm -hmm. with um, feeling this way and just dealing with it like doing it even if you don't feel like doing it but right. it's also important like to to take a break right like but without phones right because somehow um that's one of the mistakes that i did like i just want to take a break so i just pick up my phone um like watch stuff on, on youtube which is um, not helpful, which uh, it somehow like drains me instead of like regaining. So what you said about like breathing, meditating, that's the best way um, I believe to recover on it. And this is one of the um, exciting questions that I have for you. And it's somehow like um, personal to me, but how do you like overcome yourself? Being um, a leader is like leading yourself first, right? So mm -hmm. you're not, you cannot like, pour out from an empty cup that's what they said so how do Correct. you like overcome yourself especially um as a man i know there are a lot of women out there that are very great leaders they're just pretty smart especially with details the women are just amazing but uh, for men can you can, can can you speak like how do you overcome yourself and become a leader as a man of course yeah and i do you know what i mean i i don't think it's overcoming being a leader 
it's about preparing for mm -hmm. what's to come up. And whenever I teach leadership, whenever I speak about it, I always do start off with saying, before you can lead others, you have to be able to lead yourself. And what that is, is understanding what sets you apart. What are your failures? What's happened to your life? What's happened in your life that made you change direction? What are your goals? Like, what makes you happy? Because a lot of those, if you don't understand that about yourself, there's no way you're going to be able to help someone else become happy. There's no way you're going to be able to tell someone else, hey, you need to overcome your failures. And I think that really defining those, at least those particular factors about yourself goes a far way because we all fail as individuals. We definitely fail as leaders. We all have moments in our life where I call them wake-up calls where you thought you were doing one thing in life and something happens and now you have to change directions. And then like goals, like if you don't have any kind of goals for yourself, I can't lead you to a goal that I don't understand for myself. And I think when we're looking at developing ourselves and I guess overcoming some of the leadership woes, as we say, it's about looking and taking a deep dive into what makes you a, a person. And I think once you understand that, once you understand your own values all and all of that stuff that goes with it, it's a lot easier to lead because everybody has issues. Let's just call it what it is. Nobody is perfect. Nobody makes 100% decisions that are right. And anybody that claims that they do, I can tell you they're wrong. They, they've made at least one mistake in their life. Hey, at least one. I don't know. Maybe they sped. I don't know. But it's something to understand that it, you're going to have very hard days in leadership because let's say you have a team of 10. You're going to be perfect with the nine, and it's going to be that one that doesn't work out. And it's gonna, that's going to be where your stress comes from is that one person. But you have to realize that if you've given me your best effort, if you were better today than you were yesterday with that person, that's all you can do. And I think sometimes when it comes to leadership, it's tough to see that because we want to be 100%. But I don't know if you watch or not, but baseball in the, in the U.S., these guys bat 200 out of they, – they've got like, like 20%. They hit the ball 20% of the time, 30% of the time, and they get paid millions of dollars to do that. So – when it comes to leadership, you can have some mistakes in there. You can still succeed, but understanding that failure is going to happen, things are going to have to change, I think it helps out with leadership obstacles that come up. It's like navigating your way um, like out of it. Um, aside from the leadership, can you tell us a little bit about your um, like company? Like how, how does your company take? Um, what's like the focus you have in terms of helping your customers so far? Like what the bar, what are the values that you've established? Absolutely. So for me, um, when I first formed my company in 2017, a lot of it was focused on leadership development, and that was through workshops, that was through keynote presentations, executive coaching, e-courses, and while I still do a lot of that, I'm slowly transitioning to more mental wellness. And individuals because I think for me, and I think what we've been talking about it in a way on this, on this show is we focus so much on leadership development and grow and building ourselves for somebody else that we are not building ourselves enough to handle the stress and the stuff that comes up. And that's kind of where my business has kind of pivoted a little bit more. It's pivoted more towards mental wellness. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist, but I have been in law enforcement for over 18 years. And I've seen a few stressful things in my life, to say the least, and I've developed strategies and techniques 
that I now motivate others on and inspire them with from like, hey, I'm still here talking, so I know you can as well. But I do all of that mostly through the same methods, keynote speaking, workshops, e-courses, podcasting, um, my YouTube channel. I do all of that through those methods because I realize that we are a learning society. We want to hear people's stories. We want to hear people, what they've done and just sharing it and obviously backing it up with like research and data really helps prove what we're talking about. I totally agree with that one. hundred percent, hundred percent. And every, like what you've said, like self-development, it, there's our child, there, there are challenges, there are obstacles on the way, but in, with this business that you've um, established for over five years, what are like the greatest obstacle? What's the greatest obstacle that you've encountered and how did you overcome that? For me, I, I given I came from back, I, can't, I, I came from a law enforcement background and in law enforcement, they don't really teach you about being an entrepreneur or opening a small business because most of the jobs are based on the government service. So a lot of times like this is what we're going to do. You follow the rules, you can get your pension in 20, 25 years. So that's, it's a pretty easy track. There's no, you're not competing, so to speak. You're not worried about layoffs, so to speak. For me, when I started my business, I had to learn how to get clients. I had to learn how to establish leads. And I think that for most businesses, even any entrepreneur will tell you that that's probably the hardest thing to do is obviously get consistent leads and prospect and find people that are going to pay you to do what you believe in and what you value. And I found out that consistent prospecting works a lot. Having a system in place that allows you to follow up with people on a consistent basis is also vital. And I didn't always know that. It took me actually, took me nearly three years just to even understand that formula. But I think that when anybody has something like that in place, and I can explain if you want me to, I, I, if, when they have that system in place, it allows you to grow a lot quicker. Mm. I totally agree with that one. Um, especially with like having a CRM, like mm-hmm, having yeah. a, a pretty structured and like putting um like accurate data in the CRM because we cannot just mm-hmm. record everything in our mind, like every interaction that we have in a day. So it's pretty uh, important to record. And nowadays, data uh, is really powerful. Like what you've said, whatever we um show to people, we need to back it up with data. And even decisions that we made are backed up backed up by data so i totally agree with you with that and how about like staying up to staying up to like the latest trends and development that we have right now especially with with ai this new um ai that around so how do you stay up to date with the latest trends and development for me I, i i read a lot i educate myself daily and it allows me to kind of stay within the loop of things um when it comes to things like social media, I use a marketing team. So that helps me out as well because I realize that I don't know everything. I've learned through other mentors that bringing other people on board that's good in those areas helps out a lot. Um, I know one thing I did five years ago, I created my own website and the website I have to today is what I built my own, but I wouldn't want to build another one now. And if I was going to build another one, I would bring somebody in to help with that side of the technology. But things like AI and, some of those texts that are really like shaping what we're doing now, it's important to learn and it's important to understand how they can impact your business. 
And obviously it depends on what you do on how much impact it has. Like for me, I know some AI, and when it comes to social media, I have to be careful for because some things aren't as real as they seem. So I have to understand that side of it. But I know from the speaking side, a lot of it getting on stage is just actually performing and actually building up from there. But using some of the other metrics and data that comes with the AI allows me to understand who my target audience is. It allows me to craft my presentations based on the people that are there because although I may have one particular topic, topic I want to talk about, that doesn't mean it's the best topic to talk about. So I use the data and surveys and information to see what people want the most. And then I build additional presentations on that to keep myself up with all the new trends. And that's, once again, that's kind of how I got more to mental wellness because I know as a society, we're really shifting towards the mental well-being of the individuals, of the employees. And I started to discover that. And while leadership development will always be there, there's a bigger trend. There's more funding. There's more money out there for people having a better emotional state. And that came from paying attention to the data and the stats that are, out, that are currently available to us. Totally agree with that one. And can you share any specific like tactics or, or tools that have been like particularly effective in growing this business that you have? Oh yeah, absolutely. So every day I do something called a power hour. I so for one hour at least, at least every day. And sometimes I take off Sundays. I mean, but even I can't even say I do consistently. Most of the time I do it seven days a week. And in that process, I ensure if I haven't done it, I respond to all the emails that I received that were obviously not spam. Then I go through my actual CRM and I see what's up and what's due today. Because in the CRM, as you mentioned, you should have a pipeline in there. And that pipeline should be um, future uh, prospects, current prospects. It's, you should have different levels of where they're at. Um, so you know, okay, when do I need to follow up with them? If I email them today, I don't get a response. Email them in another two weeks or A, I said I'm going to email them in three days, whatever that might be. So in my power hour first, I respond to every email, and then I see what I have up next in my task. And then I ensure that every person that's in there that is a, a current contact, I make sure they have some kind of uh, deal associated with their name. So let's say that me and you connect for the first time. And I know my average speaking engagement is, let's say, $5,000. I would put your name in there, put a deal card for $5,000 in there, and then that'll allow me to kind of gauge where I'm at. Now, if we talk, you say, well, uh, you have no business, then I might put it down to zero. Or you might say, hey, you know, we can do business for 3000 we can do business for 10000 whatever that dollar amount might be. But every person will have some kind of deal card in there because it, you know what kind of money you're going to drive yourself for. You know what their potential is. So... When you first make that contact, you find a number that works for you. As you mm. contact them, you speak with them, then you change that number, and then you follow up. And then if I've gotten through my power hour and I've, I've hit those areas already, which is respond to any email, um, reach out to contacts, and then follow up, then I start looking for additional clients, additional targets. A lot of times, by the time that happens, I maybe have five or ten minutes left in my power hour, but that consistent work ethic keeps you calling people. It keeps you emailing people. It keeps you meeting people. It keeps you relevant to what's going on. And when you have that, it makes your business a lot more successful because 
as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you're not getting clients, if you're not prospecting, you're going to eventually fail. Even if you, let's say you get lucky and get this magnificent, like this big contract that gives you millions of dollars, that may end. So you don't want that to be your only client that you have. So you got to always be looking for additional clients. I mean, let's say McDonald's, everybody knows what McDonald's is, but they still pay millions of dollars in marketing every year because they're trying to, they're keeping themselves relevant. So I tell myself if a company like McDonald's can pay for marketing and they can go prospect, they can go look for clients and me being an extremely small business compared to them, I should be able to do that as well. Prospecting is really that important. And mm -hmm. that's actually one of the, the book that I read. It's called like fanatical prospecting, which you should like, there's like a time in your day. We should, you always like do prospecting, which is the thing that you mm -hmm. are um, already doing, which is pretty amazing. And um, this question that I have next is like, I uh, just asking for an advice. So majority of the listeners that we have are in small to medium sized businesses and software mm -hmm. uh, in tech industry. So what advice can you uh, provide to these people in terms of like making the leadership um, in their company like better? Like what's the best way to start that to develop that area? I would say if you're not doing it, do weekly meetings with them. Um, it depends. Like, I don't know if they're remote workers. Let's say you're remote workers, for example, make sure you're meeting with your team weekly just to, just to gauge what's going on. You may not even have anything specifically to talk about, but just, see what's going on because you never know. And I can tell you from my experience when I've had um, leaders in my organization do that, it connects me more to them because it shows me that they care. And people that are happy in their, their job, people that believe that you care about them as much as they care about you, they're going to work harder. So like you said, for these, medium, these small to medium-sized companies, that's going to be one of your things that you can do. You can actually meet with your team. Now you become a large company with a thousand people. It's kind of hard to just meet with your, your team all the time. But if you do get to that point, obviously you want to instill in your leaders, obviously you'll have a chain, you'll have different entities at different levels, but you want to make sure you're meeting with your team weekly of whatever, however your hierarchy is. So you can just see what's going on. So you're constantly gauging the environment. You're constantly seeing, okay, What's going on with them? And I mean, depends on how your team's structured. Maybe you can meet more, but obviously you've got to do work at some point. And with that work, you may not be able to ha have them all the time, but I would, I recommend at least weekly just to see what can, what's going on, what can be improved, what's working really well. And I think just that constant engagement, just being with your team will help really elevate them because they're going to see you care a lot for them as well. And I also experienced that one myself, especially when I like um, coming from my previous work about um, like saying that your leaders care. If you show that they are uh, they care for you, I I agree with you. It it tends to make them like work better, like perform better. So uh, I experienced that one myself. And you provided an actual structure, which is pretty amazing. So. That, that's pretty amazing. And the information that you provided to us, it's, it's, we can consider that uh, as a liquid gold. So it's super insightful. I like the, the, the simplicity Thank you. But because sometimes the, um, we tend to get attracted to the shiny stuff, like in the internet, a lot of, they're just making things like louder, like shinier to get our attention, but we mm -hmm. forget about like the simple things. So if, if anybody wants to connect with you, 
Michael wants to uh, partner with you, what would be the best way to do that? Well, I know we connected on LinkedIn. That's probably been the biggest platform that I have enjoyed as a professional speaker mm. because most things you see are going to be professional in nature. If anybody's looking for me, I'm just at Michael Laitler on LinkedIn. I have some IG stuff. I mean, I do it because I, it, it, it's fun and my family watches it. And then obviously I have a YouTube page where I usually put weekly content out. Um, it's usually something that I find that people are asking me about, or I just think about different ways for people to grow as individuals and leaders. And then obviously I have my email, which is michael at michaelalaitler.com. That's the quickest business as an entrepreneur is great to start off by email because I think that's how we kind of track everything, especially when we talked about it in June with the CRM. You got emails, you can take that email and put it right into your CRM and then you remember everything that's going on. So that's usually the best way. There's usually any of those social media platforms or my email that I can be contacted easily through those. And it's amazing how responsive you are in these platforms. That's just one of the things that I observe. So again, what you provided to us, Michael, it's it's super insightful. And again, we can consider that as a liquid gold. So to our listeners, another pour of um, liquid gold that I have from this amazing individual right, right here. So it's our honor to have you in our show. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate that. I know I, it's always important as a business owner, entrepreneur, and a leader to see that people want to grow. And listen to podcasts like this and participating and getting involved in what you have, June. It, it pushes people like myself to push even harder because we want to see you guys grow because the more people that win, the better. I agree. I agree. I agree. And uh, to those who are um, listening, guys, uh, appreciate you listening to our show and see you in the next episode. Cheers.